cold gleam and ravenous smiles. Then she wheeled high again, and, taking care not to look directly into the sun, headed southeast. To the west lay the laboratory where they had done such beautiful, such terrible things. Where was she headed then? Always to the east, always veering south. For there was a compass in her head, an insistent compass, pushing her forward. What did she hope for? To find a purpose, and for kindness, which had not yet been shown to her. Where did she wish to come to rest? A place she could call home, a place that was safe, a place where there might be others of her kind. The Dark Wings The next day a vision of a city quavered and quivered on the horizon alongside the sun. The heat was so intense that the city would not stop moving through waves of light. It resembled hundreds of laboratories stacked atop and alongside each other, about to fall over and break open. With a shudder, the strange bird veered to the southwest, then east again. And in a little while, while the mighty city melted into bands and circles of darkness against the sand, and then it vanished. Had the sun destroyed it? Had it been a kind of ghost? The word ghost felt gritty in her head, something unfamiliar. But she knew it meant an end to things. Was the laboratory a ghost now? Not to her. On the seventh day after the intruders had dug their way up into the laboratory, on that day, the scientists, cut off from supplies and under siege in the room that held the artificial island meant only for their creations, had begun to slaughter the animals they had created. For food, the strange bird had perched for safety on a hook near the ceiling and watched, knowing she might be next. The badger that stared up, wishing for wings. The goat. The monkey. She stared back at them and did not look away, because to look away was to be a coward and she was not cowardly. Because she must offer them some comfort no matter how useless. Everything added to her, and everything taken away had led to that moment, and from her perch she had radiated love for every animal she could not help, with nothing left over for any human being, not even in the parts of her that were human. She encountered her first birds in the wild soon after she left the ghost city behind, before turning southeast again. Three large and dark that rode the slipstream far above her. And closer, a flock of tiny birds. She sang out her song to them, meant as friendly greeting, that recognized them as kin, that said although she did not know them, she loved them. But the little birds, with their dart dots for eyes and the way they swarmed like a single living creature, rising up and falling down wave-like, or like a phantom shadow tumbling through the air. Did not recognize her as kin. There was too much else inside her. They treated the strange bird as foe, with a great raspy chirping, the beat of wings mighty as one, and raked at her with their beaks. She dropped and rolled, bewildered, to get below them. But they followed, 
pecking and making of their dislike of vast orchestral sound. And she wore a coat of them, felt their oily, mottled feathers scraping against hers. It was an unbearable sensation, and with a shriek, the strange bird halted her dive and instead rose fast, tunneling up through a well of cold air, against the weight of her kin, until the little birds peeled off, could not follow that high, and they became a cloud below, furious and gnat-like. While the cold wind brought her a metallic smell and the world opened up, so the strange bird could see on the curving edges that the desert did end, and on one corner at least turned green and wooded. A faint but sharp scent of sea salt tantalized, faded into nothing, but spoke to the compass within her, which came alive once again. But now the three dark-winged monsters that had been above her drifted to either side.